I'm Destin Harrison, and you're listening to the Gig Salad Green Room Interviews. Thousand Foot Crutch has been rocking out stadiums and cutting records since the mid-90s. Today, we're joined by their frontman, Trevor McNeven, who... You know what? This doesn't feel right. Let's start again. That's more like it. In 2015, Thousand Foot Crutch released Oxygen Inhale, the first half of a two-part project which showcases the band's softer, more melodious side. This song is called Born Again, and it's from their most recent album, Exhale, which is the more explosive, energetic companion to Oxygen Inhale. Today we're joined by the band's frontman, Trevor McNeven, who shared with us about his faith, the meaning behind the name Thousand Foot Crutch, and a story about a miraculous healing that he experienced not too long ago. But before we jump into that, take a quick listen to Trevor's voice in the studio. It's pretty cool. So we are here with Trevor from Thousand Foot Crutch. Trevor, how are you doing? I'm well, man. Thanks for having me, brother. Anytime. Thanks for joining us. For those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about what Thousand Foot Crutch actually is? What are you guys about? Yeah, man. Uh, I started this Thousand Foot Crutch at the end of high school. I was 17 uh, in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. So we're a Canadian-based band, a bunch of Canucks. Uh, we are a rock band, first and foremost, but we kind of uh, have always been a, a bit of a musical melting pot of just urban flavors and hip-hop and funk and different things, but uh, always kind of rock at the base ingredient. And, uh, man, we've been doing this just over 20 years. We're very blessed and, and privileged to do that. And uh, we went independent about 2010 after being with EMI for 10 years. Uh, and that was awesome, but we really felt like that was the right thing for this band. So ever since then, we've, we've been able to just walk this journey with our audience kind of hand in hand so to speak man and uh, it's been an incredible experience and you know we we love every second of getting to make music and getting to share it and just getting to hear those stories man and connect with people on a real life level and i'm going to add to that too you guys are quite possibly the best pump up music ever you guys have had tracks on nhl nfl wwe nascar x games uh teenage mutant ninja turtles yeah dude yeah man we that, it's so funny, man. It's uh, it's such a cool thing. The synergy between music and film, or big, you know, extreme sports events or whatever. It's it's been really exciting for us to be a part of, it. and it's just something that kind of happened organically through the years. We some people at ESPN back when we had a song called Rock Fist in like 2003, uh, really just hopped on that song, and that opened up some doors in the in the, you know pro sports, and then PSN in Canada, and then we kind of started through the years. Uh, a lot of the teams started coming out to our music at you know, the, all sorts of different professional sports events and that opened up some more doors. And so it's just kind of the, this cool relationship between this band and, and sports, man. And funny enough, I, I grew up in a very athletic family where my dad played semi-pro hockey. My younger brother played pro hockey. And then my other brother was on a, a soccer scholarship at school. And I was always the, the I, I mean, I appreciate sports, but I was kind of the other kid. So <laughs> it's cool after all these years to see just the synergy and the, uh, relationship between sports and music. 
and how that's happened. By the way, if you guys ever decide that you want to write like a Destin Harrison theme song or like a pump up song for my life. <laughs> a life pump up song. I like it. That would be the best. Just like Destin's making coffee and thousand foot crutch. <laughs> Insert here. That would make everything so much better. Everything would be so cool after that. Just do it. You got to do something crazy. You wrote a song for Mike Fisher, Carrie Underwood's husband, a goal song for him, didn't you? Yeah, man. He's he's a, a longtime good buddy from my hometown. And he asked, he used to play for the Ottawa Senators before the Predators. And he'd asked if I would write him a, like a fight song slash goal song. So, yeah, that was a blast, man. Just getting to kind of create something specifically for him whenever, you know, those moments happen uh, at their games. And, it's cool because kind of through, through the years, the audience, and the Ottawa Senators fans kind of got to know the music and, you know, they're everybody singing along. And so it was cool, man, for sure. We we tried to do another one when he uh, switched to Nashville, but Tim McGraw had like had that on lock with one of his songs. I guess they have like a 10-year contract or something crazy. I don't know. That's what I'm talking about, though. That's what I want. If you get bored and you're just trying to think of a project, because I'm sure you guys have so much downtime. Um, if you get bored and you're just trying to think of something to do, I'll send you like 10 facts about Dustin Harrison and then make me, make me a fight song. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. You're listening to the Gig Salad Green Room Interviews. At gigsalad.com, there are over 90,000 entertainers and event service providers that you can find and book for your next event. Maybe you're planning a party for St. Patrick's Day, or looking for entertainment for a corporate event, or planning a wedding reception. We have more than 580 different categories of entertainment and event services for you to search, so that we can help you create unforgettable moments. Book something awesome at gigsalad.com. So here's something I've always wondered. I've been listening to you guys since probably sixth grade. Like, I remember mowing my lawn to Rockfest whenever I was, like, doing my chores while I was growing up and everything. Getting your mow on. Awesome. No, I've always wondered, though, what does Thousand Foot Crutch mean? I mean, to me, the name has always just kind of uh, it's been symbolism and kind of represented the, the support system that our faith is to us, man, just in our life. I mean, uh, life is such a journey. You know, it's one that we kind of a daily refocus and just kind of getting recentered. And uh, I know, I know there's you know been a lot of times, a lot of obstacles in my life, and a lot of stuff that we all go through um, that that were maybe unexpected or not, just uh, tough, tough things and uh, mountains that you know you need to get to the other side of. In uh, in, in my life, my, my faith, and as a band, our faith is just you know it's been our lifestyle. It's it's who we are. And, is this like an analogy, like God is the thousand foot crutch kind of thing? Uh, well, you know, to me, it, not so much yes and no. Yes, in the sense that, he, you know, he has been that strength for us. And the Bible says that he is the strength in our weakness, you know. And so that's, 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 uh, I guess, where the truth comes into that and where, where the parallel is drawn. And, uh, in not, you know, not in saying that he's a crutch or, he, you know, that we're trying to use him as a crutch. It's just that, that was kind of just symbolism for, uh, how big that's been in our life and the support system that, that you know, that a crutch represents. Very cool. I like that. 
And you bring up an interesting point too. You guys have to strike a really difficult balance between being a rock group and a Christian band. Do you guys consider yourselves a Christian band or more just a band of Christians? Um, I mean, uh, the best way I, I could answer that question in full transparency is to just kind of say what I was saying there, man, about how, it, you know, our faith, to us, our faith is our lifestyle. And it's not, it's not a genre of music or like a folder, uh, that we walk in and out of, you know, our name tag. It's just, that's, that's our lifestyle, man. It's who we are. And, uh, so, I mean, it's a big part of our lives. And if, it's, it's certainly not something we're ashamed of if someone wants to call us a Christian band. But, you know, we, we've always made music for everyone and we're Christian guys making music, you know? I like that. Very cool. So what is that change like when you guys are on the road touring and performing? What's the difference? What does it look like you guys as a group of Christians making this music, going on these tours, playing these shows versus if that faith was not a part of your lifestyle or your business or your music at all? I mean, the music, like anything, I guess, in life, but in my experience, um, all I could say is, you know, the music industry is a, a pretty crazy place, man. It's a, it's a crazy business and it's a crazy world and that. Uh, it's a beautiful thing, but there's, there's just yeah, like anything, there's a lot of a lot of uh, distractions as well. And so, you know, for us, I think it's on the road. We it's important to us that we keep each other accountable. You know, we're all we're all we all have amazing lives. They're a big part of what we do and a big part of our support system. And a couple of us have kids, and our, you know, our family is very important to us. And so that the whole sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing, uh, you know, is <laughs> for all intents and purposes, just you know, is not by choice, not a part of our lives, man. And uh, and, you know, still very much a part of the culture of what we do, though, outside of that. And so yeah, it, it is a, you know, it can be a fine line. We we try not to have many gray areas, man, but, uh, you know, we're, we're certainly not perfect and we certainly don't have all the answers. And I think, you know, I, I know that our hearts are just are to lead with love in, in any of those situations, you know, and just love people for who they are and where they're at and what they what they believe and uh most of the time, you know, people reciprocate that and in music they kind of people tend to respect you for your music first and then decide whether they care what you have to say other than that. <laughs> and uh so it's you know, with that being a part of what we do too, uh we're gonna love people either way, you know, whether we agree on something or not and to me that's not what it's about. I mean, love to have those conversations anytime, you know, but it's uh we're gonna we're gonna come and be who we are either way, man, whether it's with disturbed and rob zombie or whether it's with david crowder and brit nicole you know what i mean that's awesome that's so cool you guys can diversify your audience like that i think it's you know i think more than more than anything we live in a time man where i think people will respect you for standing up for what you believe in whether it's me or you or or someone else you know they don't have to agree with you or they might have a stereotype in their head about what thinking they already know who you are and uh I think if we love and respect each other for who we are and treat people right, man, and uh, and kind of actions speak louder than words sort of mentality, then, uh, you know, I, I think that you can kind of defy some of those odds and stereotypes and doing what you believe is right, and uh, they can do the same and coexist and love each other either way, you know? So what's a stereotype that you guys have to fight a lot? What's something that you really want to break down, something you wish people understood about you? I think there's, you know, there's certain things through the years, like stylistically, with, because I love hip hop and because, it, you know, in the band's uh, origin, we were doing, we were blending a lot of hip hop and rock and that sort of thing. That was very honest to us, you know, and there was Rage Against the Machine had had an album out at that time. And you had 
the Chili Peppers and a few bands out there that were kind of mixing some of those elements. But, you know, Beastie Boys had been around for a record or two. And, but there wasn't like Limp Biscuits back then or much of that stuff. And so it was just very honest and in, in kind of organic for us. And then through the years, that got a little bit stale in music and we, we didn't want to just be another one of those bands, so to speak. So we kind of uh, have always just tried to follow inspiration of what, what felt right uh, musically to us. And, and then, you know, in, in a lot of ways, whenever it feels honest, pop still makes its way back into our music, you know. And what, it kind of took a few years to, to feel that way again in music. But sometimes the, the whole rap rock stereotype of when people hear those two elements together uh, gets a little annoying for bands, you know, who are just just making music they love to make and aren't trying to be that this or that. But uh, other than that, I mean, other than that through the years, maybe that once in a while you get. And then on a Christian level, just um, I think, unfortunately, uh, like a lot of things in life, whenever there's people involved, uh, we're going to screw it up sometimes. And, and as, as Christians and as a church, people you know have a, a stereotype of what those elements are and what, what those people represent. And uh, you, you kind of, you can you can feel like you're working against that more than you're not. You're just trying to live your life and play music and love people. So there's not much we can do about it, but it's, yeah, I mean, that's something, I guess, at the end of the day that you kind of, uh, I don't look at the guy who who I hired to paint my house as a Christian painter or not. You know what I mean? He's just, he's a painter. <laughs> and uh, so I, I, don't, I haven't always understood why people wanted to draw such a dividing line on that. Like, yeah, no, they're a Christian rock band. Uh, again, it's not something we're ashamed of by any means, you know, that's our heart and who we are either way, but as far as drawing a negative connotation to someone before you even hear what it sounds like or what we're doing or, you know, or what that person is doing, if you even take the lens off of us, then I, I think that's unfair in any situation. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. And I totally agree, too. I mean, regardless of what your walk of life is, you guys make some darn good music. It's just good material. Right on, brother. I appreciate that, man. Thanks a lot. I've heard you tell a story before about a miraculous healing that you experienced. Can you tell me what happened there? Yeah, 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 yeah. We So I had had uh, some pretty major back issues, man. That kind of came out of nowhere. Some lower back, sort of like L4, L5 type situation and my spine and lower back and just it really kind of in an instant really just took me out right before about a week before one of our tours we had a headlining tour this is a few years back now three or four years ago and uh man i was like you know fire station had to come to the house carry me out in an ambulance and it was just it was bad man i couldn't even move and so we i came home from the hospital they kind of i didn't want to I wanted to avoid surgery, so they had recommended physio and a few other things and sent me home a few days later, pain meds or whatever. Uh, so I went home and started started doing physio, but I could barely kind of move, and we had only a week before the tour. And so I was, again, just to tell you the story, uh, what actually happened, I was pretty frustrated that particular day. Obviously, I, you know, uh, I, I was praying and believing for healing, and um, I, I wholeheartedly because I see it all the time. I know and believe that God's the same today that he was 2000 years ago and those stories you read. And so we, uh, yeah, you know, I was believing for healing hundred percent, man, my wife and I, and, uh, I was actually pretty frustrated. This is about two days before we left for tour. Cause I was still just messed up and, and there was no way it was going to happen. And we needed to make some hard decisions. So I just, I said to my wife, like, Hey, 
I'm just going to go with you. I needed to get out of the house because I had just been laid out. I'm just going to go and put the seat back in the car and just cruise with you wherever you go today just to get out of here. And I was pretty frustrated. And uh, On the way home on that drive, just, I mean, there's no other way to put it, man. I was just, uh, I, I received 100% healing, man, from the Lord. And it was one of those things where I felt like I could run 100 miles. And it happened instantly. And there was no question. <laughs> there was no doubt in my mind. There was no, like, Mind games, it was just like, whoa, boom, amen, <laughs> I'm in, let's go. So uh, it, as fast as it happened one way, it happened the other way. We left a couple of days later for tour and had an awesome tour. And uh, I believe when you have moments like that, you know, that's certainly something I wanted to give thanks for, man, and uh, certainly something I wasn't trying to take credit for. So I, as crazy as that sounds to a lot of people, I really felt like I needed to share that each night on that tour, and, and I did. And it, it was cool, man. We got into some really great conversations. And like I said, that's that's what happened. <laughs> so what did the doctors have to say about that when you went back? And did you have them look you over again after that happened? Or were you just like, I'm good, I'm going? I No, I did. I did, absolutely did. My wife comes from a medical background. So I went back in just for that simple fact of like, you know, you want to use wisdom too. And so I, uh, in, just in the natural. So I, I went in and, uh, yeah, I talked to my doctor again. And he was just like, well, he we didn't, you know, he didn't, uh, I don't think he really believed in God, but he was just like, you know what? I think that's awesome, man. I mean, you definitely have a higher power over you, bro, and you're you're good to go. I don't understand it, but <laughs> I'm signing off on it. So, you know, that's how he looked at it, and uh, we both kind of had a good laugh. And just like, well, maybe there is a God. <laughs> like, well, thanks, man. I'm good to go. That's incredible. So what do you do? What do you do when something like that happens? You're hospitalized, laid out, can't do anything, instantly healed. What's the first thing you do? Oh, man. I mean, we. it was at the point before tour where the only thing I could do if I was still going to go was just do laundry, pack my bags, and <laughs> basically pack and get ready, get on the bus. So there wasn't even much other time. But for me, it was just like, I was obviously praying and believing for that and expecting that to happen, uh, you know, doing my best to, to uh, apply my faith to it, man. And uh, so I was super excited and thankful and just uh, tried my best to give him the glory for that and, and walk it out, man. That's such a cool story. So as we wrap up here, do you have any advice for somebody who's trying to get into the entertainment industry, maybe somebody who's trying to do what you do? Any advice for how they can get there? Man, I think... Yeah, I, I think that if, if this is something that you feel drawn to and, and it's something you, you feel that fire burning in you to make music, then I think you need to make the decision up front if if that's enough for you or not. Because if you get in it to, because you want to make money or because you want fame attached to it or because you want any, for any other reason but the, the fire that's in you to make music and communicate with people the way music communicates to you, then, you know, I, I can't really help you with that, man, because that's not what it's all about. I mean, if, if you're going to be disappointed, I think. But if you if you want to make music that you believe in and that you believe other people are going to enjoy, and you want to create change in that, then man, you got to. It takes a lot of discipline. You got to apply yourself. You're going to have to sacrifice things. You're going to have to miss people's weddings and birthdays sometimes, and you know everything that comes along with that. But you got to put your head down and and move forward, man. And in this day and age. Uh, on top of trying to create good music is there's a million tools at your disposal, you know, to, to be able to upload things in seconds and get them in front of people that when I was coming up, I used to have to mail tapes and stuff, man. So 
to me, this is like next level. You can just upload things, and that doesn't mean it's easy, and it, it certainly won't be easy. But uh, it's it's an incredible thing and very fulfilling if, if that's what you feel called to do. Very cool. Well, Trevor McNeven, thanks so much for joining us. Dude, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it, brother. Good to chat with you. Thousand Foot Crutch is currently in the process of filming a live DVD album called Untraveled Roads that tells stories about different people's experiences with their music throughout the years. They haven't officially announced a release date yet, but be sure to check out thousandfootcrutch.com to keep up with them and all of their most recent releases. While you're there, take a second to check out their tour dates as well to see if they might be stopping somewhere close by for the Winter Jam Tour, which is going on right now and features a lot of talented people like Crowder, Andy Minio, Colton Dixon, and lots of other cool artists. And as always, be sure to check out gigsalad.com to find out how we can help you book something awesome. For everyone here in the Gig Salad Green Room, I'm Destin Harrison. Thanks for listening.